solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am John Hickman, of course, joined by Cody Davis, here to talk to Texans. And what we're going to do right now is take y'all down this red, white, and blue road during this great week of Thanksgiving, give you the rundown, and talk Texans with some turkey, maybe, and dressing, <laughs> and all the all the pickings, right, for this Thanksgiving episode of the Locked On Texans. Yes, sir. On this Wednesday installment of Locked on Texans, we are going to be joined by our good friend from Sports Talk 790, Mr. Aaron Wilson, to get his thoughts about the Houston Texans winning their second game of the season, plus whether or not he thinks the Texans can actually sustain this success throughout their final seven games of the year. But ladies and gentlemen, we did not get an opportunity to do this last week. But John, it's what I think might be your favorite segment of Locked On Texans now, letting the listeners hear their voices. And of course, John and myself, we will respond and share our thoughts with you guys. Yeah, the first one I want to look at is X Razor. He says, Mr. Davis. And by the way, this is when we had the conversation of uh, Driscoll going over to tight end. But uh, Lonnie Johnson, and he's addressing both, actually. Mr. Davis, I understand your frustration. But we all know Jeff Driscoll was a good old boy move. They like him. On the other hand, Lonnie Johnson, who actually trains with Jalen Ramsey, I think is a smart move to put him at corner. This is his only only his third season. He's, a, he's 6'2", runs a 4'3", and a 40. Athletic. In your typical size corner, we need that on the wing size and speed to keep up with those physical receivers. Uh, Mr. X Raising Cody, he was speaking to you because you were very uh, frustrated <laughs> the other day, but I do want to say that, you know, I humbly disagree. I'm not sure if this young man's psyche is going to take moving back after moving after like He's been moved too many times. And you are absolutely right. This is only his third season. For him to get moved around so much, and it's not like he's a, a Charles Wilson type of player who can do both, you know, I wonder how much will that affect his mental and how he, you know, prepares for the game. Mm. And, you know, since you t- talked about the Lonnie Johnson aspect of things, I'm going to look at it from, from the Jeff Driscoll side of things. Look, <laughs> yes, the Texans do like Jeff. He fits the culture, and, you know, to, to, to his point, it was a quote unquote good boy move because they want to keep Jeff around. But John, it also is it this is part of the reason why I had a problem with the move and part of the reason why I'm having one of my biggest issues with the Texans. They are focusing on the culture fit too much. And plus, they're also focusing on guys that they like, whether or not that they can play. Look, the Houston Texans, this is nothing but another roster spot that could be. That, that could have an opportunity to be fooled by a very talented player or at least a reliable player at a position that they really need. But Jeff Driscoll is filling that is filling that spot. And you already know the issue you got going on with Deshaun Watson. So you have two roster spots out of a 53-man roster that you're going into every single game on Sundays with. You're going with 51. And look, 
Yes, the Texans' defense did look good, especially the secondary on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. But, John, I'm still under the assumption that the secondary is still arguably one of their weakest positions. And you take a look at this offensive line. Yes, they had a decent game on Sunday in the win against the Titans, but that is another position where, hey, if it wasn't for Jeff, Jeff, you could call up an additional offensive lineman that can actually help protect your quarterback or at least help move the chain just a little bit in the run game. I didn't like the move against Jeff. Look, I, I don't like the move. I still don't like it. Uh, and I'm just hoping that the Texans do not put him out there at no point throughout the season. Okay, I want to go towards the Victory Monday show. And, you know, Sarah McCoy said, I am a lifelong Texan fan. Texan fan, excuse me, but I am first and foremost a realist. I love that. <laughs> the Texans did not beat the Titans. The Titans beat the Titans. Few teams could win when they turned the ball over five times. If not for the turnovers, the Titans would have won a blowout, one by a blowout. Ryan Tannehill seemed to be doing his best impression of Baker Mayfield is how oh. that was ended. And I do want to say this, right? The Houston Texans had five turnovers last time they stepped out on the field, right? When they took on the uh, – they played the My Titans on Dolphins. Sunday when they took on the Dolphins. They had five turnovers then, right? But they lost that game. And so, Sarah, whether we look at the Titans beating the Titans or – however you want to put it, which most cases and most times I probably would agree with you, but this team is a team that was put in that circumstance before and they failed. And this time they, they won, they got a game. They wanted to, they got a dub off of that. So I think that's something to be proud of because we've seen this team create turnovers in the past against teams against pretty good teams and not pretty good teams, but they weren't able to win. They were able to win on Sunday. Mm, I kind of agree with Sarah just just a little bit because John, it kind of goes back to what you and I talked about on Monday. Like, look, yes, the defense looked good. Yes, Lovey Smith as a defensive coordinator looked good because he was able to put guys in winnable position in order to create those turnovers. But you still got to keep in mind in that win against the Tennessee Titans, there was there was without Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and AJ Brown got hurt. And I understand that this was the second game that they had five takeaways. Going back to the game against the Miami Dolphins, Tua wasn't playing in that game as well. That was Jacoby Brissett under center. And I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, Jacoby Brissett threw four interceptions in that in that win. So while I, I would love to give the Texans their flowers and, of course, kudos, well, kudos needs to be had because, look, the Texans – Regardless of who's on the opposite side of that line of scrimmage, the Texans did make sure they go out there and put in that work. But you got to keep in mind, they did it with what the Tennessee Titans, let's say B team on the offensive side of the ball and well, a backup quarterback doing a, doing a loss against the Miami Dolphins. Well, check this out, though. While that may be true, this would be my last comment, which it kind of works out. Percy Mack, he responded, we are wounded as well. No tonsil, no Brit. Gernard, Kersey, I'm not going to say Scotty Phillips because, you know, he hadn't played, but he also mentioned Scotty Phillips. And he even mentioned no Deshaun. So, you know, both teams were injured, banged up. But I think you got to just tip your hat to Houston, man. Five turnovers, and you got the win this time. And I'm putting emphasis on this time. 
All righty, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So you know what that means. There's going to be NFL football all day long. And nothing goes better with football than a turkey and betting. BetOnline has you cover all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your favorite sports action this Thanksgiving. So head on over to the new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. And that's just not with football. That is also with pro and college hoops, the NXL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. So please do not wait to take advantage of this amazing offer available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. And as you see, we have our guy, Mr. Aaron Wilson from Sports Talk 790. Aaron, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's up, Cody? How are you? I'm doing well, doing, man, just ready for the Thanksgiving holiday, man. It's one of my favorite holidays. I can't complain. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good holiday. I think it's uh, top three for sure. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, Aaron, let's jump right into it. The Houston Texans. And they, you was actually the first person to report this news, but the Houston Texans released running back Phillip Lindsay. What went into that decision? And do you see another shakeup in the Texans' backfield that you think might happen before the season is over with? Right, yeah. When I heard that Phillip was released and got it out there, and you know, I, I felt like, they, the final carry was kind of emblematic of his tenure here, his short tenure. It was a three-yard loss. His only carry of the game against Tennessee, he gets slammed for a three-yard loss. And I don't know what he could have done differently other than beat the odds as a smaller running back and truck Harold Landry. So that, that's probably not going to happen. I think Harold outweighs him by about 70 pounds and is about eight inches taller than him. So, yeah, unlikely. A, a tough matchup. And no one blocked. Uh, in the old days, they used to call that a lookout block, as in you miss the block and you turn around and you say, look out, somebody's going to hit you. Uh, Phillip, they knew the other teams would call out that it's an outside run, that, hey, sweep if he's in the game. And I think that puts him in a, a tough situation. Cody, you know, does him a disservice because not only is there not much blocking, but the other team knows the play. And, you know, Phillip is a smaller back who's quick, but they've got him running horizontally. And I, I just think that's very difficult to combat. I mean, he'd have to be like special, like Barry Sanders special, in my opinion, to make it happen as a smaller back running outside with very little blocking. So, or Tony Dorsett to go even further back. I mean, what is he supposed to do? And are we to think that Phillip has declined that much from his Pro Bowl days in Denver? No, he doesn't have any injuries. I, I think he's just, this system doesn't fit him. The offensive line doesn't really block very well for any of the backs. And Phillip, there's a predictability of the plays that he's involved in. So, all of that is a bad combination, and his salary, another reason why I believe he was released. He was making a lot of money, 
and he's only averaging 2.6 yards per carry. Subtract his 35-yard run, which is obviously an aberration. That's not the norm for him to have a long run like that. Mm -hmm. And his average is 1.9 yards per carry on his other 49 runs this season. That's Mm -mm. ugly. Real realistic expectation that he could have succeeded, barring like some special kind of moves – and most backs, with fast as these defenders are, it's very hard to juke five guys and then and make a big play like that. You know, and he's not the only running back that got released that played in that game. Adrian Peterson, the great Adrian Peterson, mm-hmm. actually was being successful against the Texans. And who knows? Maybe Tennessee is not done. Maybe they'll bring him back. We'll see. Maybe he'll join their practice squad. Nothing would shock me in that situation. But, yeah, Phillip, I think what will happen in the backfield going forward, you could have Royce Freeman active. You could also promote Jalen Samuels from the practice squad, former Steelers running back. So you have a little bit of leeway there with some bigger backs. Maybe they'll get a look at them. And I would also think that this there's an uptick in workload for Rex Burkhead. And lately, Rex Burkhead has been the most productive, most effective of the backs. He had 40 yards in his past game. And he's a smart player and catches well. And, you know, I think he finds the hole. He's a very straightforward runner. Whatever is there, he'll make the most of those plays. So, yeah, um, ironically, David Johnson has struggled almost as much as Phillip. You know, he had 18 rushing yards on 13 carries this past game. So he wasn't very effective either. And some of that's against a good front seven that they did pass block well against, but – yeah, I mean, there is no running game. They are absolutely dead last in rushing, dead last in per carry, dead last in total offense, and dead last in scoring per game, 15.0 points per game. So that makes the win even more remarkable because they had four turnovers and didn't have a turnover. And, you know, Tyrod Taylor made a few things happen, ran for a couple of touchdowns. And, you know, that's how they won the game. They played almost perfectly, at least in the sense of errors. They didn't commit a lot of errors. So that is basically the formula for a Texans victory in 2021. Mm. Aaron, um, I have to ask you this question. You know, what has been your evaluation of Nick Asirio? I know it's, you know, still kind of early given the fact that this is his first season. He was dealt a bad hand, but when you take a look at some of the moves that he made throughout the offseason, you know, whether it was trading for Anthony Miller, you know, making a trade for Shaq Lawson, signing Philip Lindsay, you're looking at three guys who we thought was going to have an opportunity to find a home here in Houston, but now, you know, here we are entering week 12, and neither one of those guys are still a member of the Houston Texans. Right, Cody. I mean, that's fair. The thing is, though, most general managers, even the very successful ones, their batting average is similar where they miss on players. Mm-hmm. And most of your moves don't work. Uh, that's one of the reasons some teams like to draft a lot and have a lot of draft picks because they know they're going to make mistakes because it's an unpredictable you know, science. If you look, though, at his stats and you know, if we're grading him on the amount of free agents that you could say had some success – uh, or, you know, were decent, then you've got to look at Malik Collins and Christian Kirksey. You know, Christian got hurt, but before Christian got hurt, he was a productive 
solid linebacker that was playing, I thought, above average. Malik is playing really well, so that looks like a good signing. Justin Brick, the knee injury that he had previously has happened again. So Justin, prior to getting hurt again, and that's some of that's injury prediction, was doing well. And then, you know, when I think about some of the other moves, like, Justin McCray, you know, that that was a decent, that was never supposed to be a starter. He's just a depth guy that they've had to play. Marcus Cannon as an older lineman, another one of the, you know, trades that they did, he got hurt pretty fast. He was hurt in the offseason, and then he got hurt pretty quickly with his back here in the regular season. So, you know, some of his moves have worked and others haven't. Philip Lindsay was definitely a miss. And this offensive line, the way they've comprised it, that's a miss too. But, you know, I look at some of the things he did with the defense, the ability to add 4-3 personnel for the shift from the 3-4 for Lovey Smith. And some of these signings, like Malik, that was a really good three-technique signing that has worked. He's been disruptive, and he looks like a guy that should be re-signed, just like Kamu Grugier-Hill, without having the draft capital that he needed because of the Laramie Tunsil trade, not having a first round or a second round pick, you know, kind of a mixed bag. I look at the draft class and, you know, Roy Lopez, that's a success. Nico Collins, a solid rookie, looks like he was worth the third round selection. Uh, we're eager to see more from Brevin Jordan. And, you know, who, who knows? Perhaps there, you mentioned you were wondering about other roster moves. It'll be worth keeping an eye on Jordan Akins. They have mm-hmm. talked with Jordan explain the situation to him that they do want to look at some of these other players. So we're going to see, you know, how does this go? I think if they were going to release him or at least immediately release him, he would have been cut today, meaning Mm -hmm. Tuesday, and he has not been released. So uh, I think he's going to be on the team at least this week, and then they can revisit it and see how they feel about next week. But I'm predicting he'll be inactive again. Mm. And Aaron, to that point about Jordan Aikens, and, you know, of course, we're going to talk about this before moving on. What has been your thoughts about the Texans weaving out old players in favor of rookies and new players that they signed? Because Jordan Aikens, he is just the latest because, you know, prior to the trade deadline, we had the situation going on with Charles Aminahu and Whitney Merciless when they was being favored, when when John Grenard and Jordan Jenkins was being favored over both of those guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, in the case of John Grenard, obviously his success uh, really told that story. And mm-hmm. Charles not being a fit for the 4-3, being more of a 3-4 sized end. So, and Charles not being happy with his role and being an active, a healthy scratch for a couple of games. So they actually did him a solid by trading him to the 49ers, which is a better organization for him, better team. And so for Charles, you know, he gets the fresh start that he wanted. And so I think he, you know, he was fine with it. Uh, you know, I talked to Charles when he was traded that day, uh, actually a couple minutes after he got traded, and yeah, he was good with it. Uh, you know, he wanted to go. And then in the case of the tight end position, well, Jordan's a free agent, and I don't think they're going to re-sign him. Now, some free agents that I don't think will be back, like Justin Reed, who I think is going to leave, they continue to play. But I think you can't just on every case-by-case – play the developmental player and not play clearly a better player that's playing at a winning level like Justin. With Jordan, it's a little more of a gray area because he doesn't add that much as a blocker, but is he a better receiving tight end than those other guys? Yes, I believe he is. 
but your record is two and eight already. So you drafted Brevin Jordan. I don't know too many fans that if they were to understand that Jordan's not going to be back, they would have a problem with it or, you know, maybe media per se. Uh, I just, I understand the move. I mean, it, it makes sense. And then if you have an injury, let's say if Jordan is kept on the roster for the remainder of the season, you could always plug him back in uh, for whatever you know games you have left in the season. But you have a blocking tight end in Anthony Oclair. You have a combo tight end in Farrell Brown. And you have a receiving tight end that can split out and do what Jordan does, maybe not as skillfully or in terms of experience in Brevin Jordan, but a similar style of player. So you don't need four tight ends. You need three. And so he's the odd man out. Built Bar is the best tasting Built Bar ever. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out, especially with Thanksgiving on tomorrow. If you want something that is going to be fun to eat and something that is actually going to be healthy to eat, be sure to grab you a, a Built Bar. Why? Because a Built Bar is a protein bar that is soft and easy to chew, plus it's covered in 100% real chocolate and when you bite into it not only are you eating something that is going to be healthy but you're actually going to be eating something that's going to give you an experience because a built bar is healthy plus it's like eating a candy bar built bars are low on carbs they're low on calorie low fat low sugar and high in protein and ladies and gentlemen there are so many healthy and fun flavors for you guys like coconut raspberry mint brownie chocolate almond, which is my favorite, salted caramel, and double chocolate. And ladies and gentlemen, this month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So please be sure to go to their website, built.com, and use the promo code LOCK15, and you will get 15% off your order. Remember, that's built.com, and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, continuing here with this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. Of course, we got our guy Aaron Wilson from Sports Talk 790. Aaron, on Sunday, the Houston Texans got their second win of the season by defeating the Tennessee Titans. You was there in person. How was it for you as a media member to see that, see the Houston Texans actually in their losing streak? And do you believe that they can actually sustain that level and level of play and actually close out the 2021 season on a high note? Right. Yeah, it was obviously, I think, you know, like any media member, at least an objective one like myself, I don't really root for an outcome. I just root for a story in the sense that I hope for something interesting and a repetitive outcome, like another defeat, predictable things like what we thought might happen, them being overwhelmed by the the Titans pass rush. Well, that didn't happen. Or more interceptions or errors, which I wasn't sure if they would happen. I thought Tyrod would bounce back and, you know, play a little more like he did at the start of the season. He did in the first half as far Mm -hmm. as running and completion percentage. As the rain increased, I think that did affect a quarterback like him that has a small – hand circumference and doesn't have the, the best grip to really muscle the football in the rain. And I thought they also went conservative, and that's why you saw so many three and outs. You know, he only completed two passes after halftime for, I believe, 13 yards. Yeah. 
so yeah, it was uh, it was tough to watch. They had a nineteen nothing lead, and they nearly you know squandered that lead. It was uh, a matter of playing for them perfect formula of Texans ball, which means not a whole lot of offense, opportunistic defense, and better special teams in the sense of the Tremont Smith fumble recovery, some good punting by Cam Johnston, and I think the one extra point that was missed by Kaimi, he slipped a little bit, and it's they also, Randy Bullock had a missed extra point too, so it was affecting the footing on the field at Nissan Stadium was affecting both kickers, and I think also affected the passing game, especially if you look at Ryan Tannehill, I mean, he played a very sloppy game. And, yes, Desmond King and those guys played well, Kamal Grusher-Hill and Terrence Mitchell, but he was bad. And he Mm -hmm. said he wasn't fooled. Wow. I mean, he was (laughs) – so you intended to throw it right to them? uh, He stared down his read. Desmond King, he called it like it is after the game. He said, I practiced against him last year when they were teammates. And I know what he likes to do. And I thought uh, Desmond played very well, and so did Kamu. Uh, Kamu did only one thing wrong. He didn't score because he kept looking back, and <laughs> I think I did slow him down a little bit. But uh, Justin Reed threw a heck of a block on that play. Uh, some good things happened. Demarcus Walker played okay uh, with John Grenard out. For them to win and play well on defense without their top pass rusher, I mean, that's good. That's encouraging. As far as finishing the season out, Cody, you know, I think they can beat the Jets on Sunday. I could see them beating Jacksonville. And I think they could be a four-victory team. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Tennessee doesn't have anything to play for in the final game of the season. I've got a steak dinner with a uh, – can't say who it's with, but it's a bet with uh, a, a well-known uh, local celebrity. So – We'll see. I took five wins, and I said if they win five, then this guy owes me a steak dinner. And then if they win less than five, then I've got to pay for dinner. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure you're going to be rooting for those five wins. (laughs) I don't know if it'll happen. I think it's unlikely. I think four Mm. is probably the the right number. Mm. And Aaron, to that point, and this leads me into my next question, do you think it's the right decision for the Texans to actually go out and win these games? Because, look, if they end the season off, what I guess now it would be 4-13 and 13 or 5-12 and 12 or whatever the case might be with the extra game, you know, they go from, let's say, a top two pick in the NFL draft all the way down to where they'll still be in the top 10, but they will probably be at number 10 or number 9 or number 8, somewhere along those lines. Do you think that the Texans can actually afford to win, let's say, two or three more games before closing out the season? Well, it's hard to intentionally lose – Cody, you can do certain things in terms of competitive advantage or disadvantage, rather. You can play players that aren't as good as the starters or a guy that should be starting. You can make – but when you do that and you water down your product, you're really affecting your credibility Mm -hmm. and what you stand for. And it's very easy for media members or fans to say – well, why don't y'all just try to lose? I mean, this football, 
this is a, you know, my football days are long behind me. But can you imagine playing a physical game like that that takes so much and telling guys not to try? They have to, the effort. You can, you can change who's out on the field, but you can't make the guys that are on the field not try. That's their livelihood. It's also dangerous, by the way, to try to lose. And I, I don't know. I mean, in terms of integrity of the game, you imagine like if you tell guys like fumble on purpose. I mean, there's no player. They're going to tell you if you ask them to do that, they're going to – it's going to get out there. I mean, you, you'll you be a laughing stock. You think the Texans are a laughing stock now? Imagine if you try to intentionally lose. Not just who you play, but you try to affect effort or tell guys not to well. I'm talking about a hypothetical that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nick Casario and David Cully, they're not going to stand for that. Aaron Wilson of Sports Talk 790. Aaron, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? I'm on Twitter at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL, Instagram Aaron Wilson 7128, and read everything I have at sportstalk790.com. Yes, sir. One of the best in the business. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. And please remember to follow my co-host, John, some sports guy Hickman on Twitter at John Hickman underscore 12. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.